The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and today I am joined by who I consider the honorary fourth Gable and just an overall cool human being. Abby Ranson. Abby Ranson is here in the studio, and today we're talking about Generation Z. But before we get started, if you have yet to subscribe to this show, you better hurry because you're going to run out of time to do it. We're available on every major podcasting app, including Spotify. Check out our playlist on Spotify as well of all of our favorite songs and share us with all your friends. As stated previously, Abby Ranson is in the studio to talk about Generation Z, who I believe she is a member of. When were you born, Abby? March 5th, 2001. 2001. There is a lot of debate as far as when Gen Z starts. I put it at 2001. That would make sense to me. I think millennials ended in 2000, so Gen Z would start in 2001. But there are some people on the internet that think Gen Z started in like 95. Do you have a feeling on that either way? I just kind of feel like sometimes I don't have a place or a spot to belong because like I'm not in like the Tide Pod generation. Like that's stupid. Why would you want to eat laundry detergent? But like we're also not like the kids who grew up like watching like Hey Arnold and those kinds of things. That's a very interesting distinction. You, as well as my normal co-host, I think you guys are truly in that cusp of half in, half out of the millennial Gen Z situation. But birth year wise, when they do make that divisive mark in there, you probably will end up Gen Z. Which is slightly unfortunate, but it's all right. Would you rather be a millennial? I don't know because millennials get blamed for so many things. And my dad's like, oh, these damn millennials and all these things. I'm like, I'm not a millennial. And he's like, well, that's what I'm just really glad about. But he won't also ever say like, you aren't a part of a generation that I hate. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think many people would want to sign themselves up to be a millennial. I think you called that correctly there. Let's talk about some characteristics of the generation which you pretty much lead. You are, and anyone in Gen Z would be, children of Generation X or older millennials. I assume your parents are Xers, do you know? Uh, 70 and 68, so I think. Yeah, they would be after baby boomers, so yeah, that'd be fair. And what differentiates Generation Z from the millennials is you guys are the first generation to be born into the internet age. Do you remember a time pre-internet? Um, kind of. The last house I remember, I've lived in three houses, but I remember we had like a spot where there was a computer, but like my mom like was, she was a stay-at-home mom for like the first four years of my life. So we just like played all the time, like would watch movies and like bake and things like this. I don't ever remember her like being on the phone. She was always paying attention to us, playing with us. There was never like a time where I was like trying to get her attention like away from like a smartphone, which is what I feel like a lot of kids today have to deal with. And that breaks my heart. That phone, there's nothing on there that's more important than the child you brought into the world. I'd never had that. And like, that's how I want my kids to be raised, but I'm scared. I'm just gonna be like, here's an iPad, watch videos while I like try and not shoot my brains because everything is so stressful. That's an interesting point you bring up there as far as how involved in technology we are. But that is good to hear that your parental units were not that connected. Obviously, smartphones weren't around in 2001, but cell phones in general were, the internet was. So that's good to hear. Sounds like you were raised correctly. What is your first recollection of the internet? Do you remember when that entered your sphere? 
fear? I think probably because like before we just like would have computer disc games, the internet, like I had no use for it. I would play like dress up games where you're like, there'd be like a little mannequin. You could like drag clothes over to it or cool math games, or I think like it was like fun pop or something like that. Like, you basically just like got to play games. And I think that started in third grade, fourth grade. Yeah. And that seems pretty typical. Another interesting characteristic of Gen Z is they typically have no memory of 9-11, which I think would be fair. You were probably five months I old. Would, yeah, I was six months old, six months, six days. But my mom, like she remembers because she worked at a preschool. So she was changing me, saw something happen on the TV, popped in a VHS and she has the full day's recording of CNN because she just like changed me and had to go to like the school and like she couldn't sit there and watch it and panic. Three days earlier, my cousin was born in Texas. And so like my mom was like playing, like she had already bought airplane tickets to go travel and like see her. I remember her telling me that like the TSA completely undressed me as a six month old and like dug through the diaper bag. My mom had like given me something to like make me fall asleep. So like I wouldn't bother anybody on the plane. And like, I was never like a fussy kid, which like now I'm kind of am, but it's fine. She did so many things to like make sure like I wouldn't be disrupted to like respect other people. And then TSA just destroyed that, took me to a separate room and like undressed me, like made sure like I had nothing in my carrier, all these things. And she said that that was like the first time she was like ever scared to like have me out in public. Wow. So yeah, even though you may not remember, you're clearly affected by it, such as your parents remember it vividly, I'm sure. That natural defining point, that changed America, obviously, and anyone born 2001, 2002, 2003 were just too young to remember it actually happening, but may vividly understand the consequences of that. And what was pointed out in this article I was reading about Gen Z is they don't remember that act, but they remember the perpetual state of war that happened after that. Like your entire existence, the United States has been at war with something yep. which that seems super scary to think about like I went the first 10 years of my life 11 years of there was no war you know there was the Persian Gulf War in 91 like I was in your position then I was too young to remember it and then peacetime and things were pretty cool and then now we've been at war ever since what does that feel like to a Gen Z or is that just super weird or is that even something you realize at this point I mean like I have cousins who kind of removed one of my cousins she was in like one of the first planes shipped out after 9-11 i remember like hearing my mom talk about that but it doesn't like affect me i'm sure it does but i just don't know but i've never known a life without it so i don't have anything to compare it to that's what i'm getting at is just kind of creepy and scary it's like you guys don't understand as a whole generation what it's like to be at peacetime where people aren't dying in afghanistan or people aren't dying in iraq like you guys just don't know what that's like and i'm sure in like 50 years there'll be something of here Here's why Gen Z's all screwed up and they'll point back to this. Not that you guys are screwed up, but they're always looking back and I'm sure this will have some impact on you guys as well. Speaking of things that have happened that has impacted your generation, your childhood and Gen Z's childhood in general was affected greatly by the Great Recession in 2008. I was a college student at this point, so I understood it and I know what it was like. But as far as growing up in a household, things got pretty tight for a lot of people. Did you feel that growing up? That was about the time I was in like second, third, and fourth grade. So I just remember like my parents, because my dad worked at City Hall at the time and my mom like still worked at Pickle Abstract, which is just like half a block away. Instead of driving separate to work, which is what they had done always, they just drove together and like we still rode the bus. Like the bus was free. They didn't take us into school or anything. And we stayed like after school at Tiger Club, which had like become free at that point. They just picked us up after school, like after that, after they both got off work. But I don't remember anything getting super tight, but like my family's also been very fortunate to not ever 
never like been in a financially struggling position that I can like clearly remember. And that's fair. And yeah, talking to one member of a generation isn't going to define it, but there are situations where Gen Zers, as they've gotten older, have unique traits of their personality because they live through that hard time. Kind of like our grandparents or great grandparents lived through the depression. And I remember my grandma did some weird crap because she was so poor for so long, you know, and then they got out of it. And 70 years later, she's still saving bread scraps and weird stuff like that. Your generation, Gen Z, is going to have those weird things as well as they grow up, especially if they've had that tight economic situation because of the Great Recession. But it's glad to hear that things weren't too bad in your world. Well, and also, like, my parents grew up super poor. Like, my dad's dad passed away when he was 13, and then his mom was a school teacher, so, like, she was not making very much at all. They lived in the middle of St. Louis. He's grown up to be super financially conservative, and my mom just grew up just plain poor. They both knew, like, I don't want to, like, raise kids like that, so they've also instilled Still to my brother and I that like money is an important thing and like you need to like know how to handle it and I see so many of my friends like worrying about like oh my gosh like I have to pay my car insurance oh but let's go out to eat like let's go see a movie let's go do this and that and I'm like you realize that like you are making the worst financial decisions like oh like I, I spent like my whole paycheck online like clothes shopping like that was stupid I don't have a job during the school year but I babysit and I like umpire over the summers and that money like lasts me through the school year because I don't just spend it like I don't buy things that aren't on sale like that kind of thing like I can't fathom like being somebody who's just like yeah like I'll just spend my money and like I won't have enough money for my bills but it'll be fine like I can't understand that like I can't wrap my mind around it and not to throw my generation under the bus but that type of thinking is super prevalent among the millennials and as I was researching this they think some of the effects from the great recession have been something like you're describing as these kids in this generation Z tend to be a little more conservative and financially aware you may be experiencing some kids that aren't clearly you just stated that but as a whole they say your generation is going to be a lot more entrepreneurial a lot more conservative in the fiscal sense which I think is pretty interesting and uh, we'll get into the political nature of Gen Z here in a moment but there are effects to that no doubt like anytime a massive thing happens to a society there are effects to their children I think we're seeing this the final characteristic, and this interests me, I'm not for sure quite why this is, but Gen Z is more risk averse, meaning they are less likely to take risks than millennials were. In fact, your generation has a lower teen pregnancy rate, a lower substance abuse rate, and a higher graduation rate than the millennials did. I think that's partly because like it was just instilled in us like if you do these things like your life will be ruined. I know people who like did get pregnant in high school and they are living they are very productive members of society now but like that's just been like thrown in our faces like if you like drink if you do drugs if you like have sex before you're married your life will like be legitimately ruined and if like you don't graduate high school you won't be able to do anything with your life if you don't go to college you won't be able to do anything and that's something that's like kind of scary for me because I know there's a lot of people that I know who can't afford to go to college. They are going to be in debt for their like the rest of their lives but that's the only thing they know and they won't go to any sort of trade school because that's like below them and that's like where people are going to make money in the next like upcoming years is regular blue collar work totally fair and yeah we've talked about that on this podcast before how that's where things are transitioning for sure Back to you guys being more risk averse, less risky, I guess. So you think it's truly just the effect of the Generation Xers and the millennial parents were like, hey, we did bad things, don't do this, and it's changed the generation? Is that what you think? Yeah, I think that that's like the 
because we are around our parents that's who's supposed to guide us like our parents aren't teachers and that's all they've taught us is that what impact and this is kind of a weird question but i always think about like when gen xers or millennials do these things to gen z like what is gen z going to do to that next generation because you guys if you're less risk averse and all these things do you instill that in your children as well or do you back off and then we get in these cycles of like ooh, that next generation is pretty rough what do you think is going to happen well i know that like my mom like was super strict and everything and i think that's because she was like kind of wild as a kid because like she was the third child and like there was eight years in between her her and her oldest sister. So like her parents were just kind of like done parenting by the time she was in high school. So like she didn't have rules, but I had some strict rules. I was late for curfew one time because she sat there and timed me, timed how many minutes I was late and I was two minutes and 55.5 seconds late and I was grounded for two weekends. That kind of thing like really like bothered me as a kid and I was like, there's no, I'm gonna like be like this strict to my kid. And I also know like some super awesome people who are like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a curfew, but they communicate with me. Like they tell me who they're with, what they're doing and I know it's truthful. And I've seen lots of things like, you know, like raising like strict parents make like good liars and all these things like make like rebellious kids. And like, I wasn't super rebellious, but like I didn't follow the rules. like. I was just like, no, screw you, mom. I'm not going to do that. So like, I feel like kids like me who like grew up super strict are going to raise more of like a lax household. But like a lot of kids that I know like don't have strict parents. So they're like going to raise their kids the same way because they had fun. So I feel like it's just going to be like more of a risk taking generation because they won't have been told about what could happen if they do do those things. That would be my guess as well. Everything in life cycles. And I think if Gen Z is truly this very risk averse generation, I think the next one will be risky. I want to jump to technology, and we kind of hit on this earlier, but technology is truly the dividing factor between the two generations. Like, your guys' world growing up was so substantially different, and your life right now is substantially different, where older millennials and Gen Xers are trying to figure out a cell phone or, like, how to do something on a computer. That comes pretty much built in with a lot of you guys because you just grow up with it. So here are some good and bad things that uh, your generation has been subjected to. Research has found in several studies that technology has allowed for more individualized education, and that makes sense. You talked about your computer games growing up and things on the computer that can specialize education to you, and this creates the possibility, these studies say, of a better, educated, more well-rounded group of people. So Generation Z, in that respect, has the tools there to make you guys pretty awesome, to make you better than millennials, but, and there's always a but on these things, this technology that you guys have been born into may have increased dependency on technology, which I'm going to get your opinion on here in a second, as well as lowered self-regulation as far as like habitual, addictive type of behaviors have maybe increased because technology is addictive. I just want to hear your opinions on, first off, like, do you feel that you have been able to receive a superior education because of technology? And then do you feel that people are dependent on it? Well, I think like with my education in Kirksville High School, like we use Google Classroom like we need it to breathe. And I love it. I cannot imagine like handwriting a paper at this point because there's so many, it's so much easier just to type and be able to like go and like fix that spelling mistake or like rearrange my paragraphs and things like that and like turn things in, communicate with teachers. Like there have been multiple times where, like I've emailed teachers at midnight and they've like gotten back to me probably like at like that at that time or like later, like I've gotten that reply, been able to like finish my assignment and like turn it in, but still know what I was doing. But also like, I think that the technology that like we have to like learn like I'm taking an 
an online class, but like I know that I'm gonna push it off because there's not gonna be anybody sitting there telling me like this is due tomorrow, like have it ready for class. I'm just gonna use it as a study hall sometimes. And I'm like worried about that in our like technology because my brother did the same thing. He took second semester of Spanish one online. He didn't do it. He waited until like the literal last day and he spent like nine hours doing it. I knew he wanted to be fishing, but I was like, that's what you get. I mean, I do think it has improved because like we also have like the smart boards. Kids get to like go up and like use that and they like become familiar with that technology. Learning to use computers at like a young age, they're just going to be so much more like proficient with that. Like InDesign, like Photoshop, those things like I'm learning in yearbook now, like I am going to be able to put that on resumes. So like I feel like the technology we use at Kirksville is good, especially like with when it comes to dual credit classes because I like am able to take this stat class online because I can put it anywhere in my schedule because it's online. So that makes it easier to take all the classes I need to take this semester, like get the most dual credit because I'm gonna have like 24 credits like graduating high school and that's gonna be awesome. Like I'm going to save so much money in college and I like can't wait. So I feel like we've done a good job, but we could definitely be better about it. You do feel overall that it has given you a leg up compared to like me in school or your parents in school. Like you feel you have more options and you're gonna be more well-rounded if you take advantage of it well yeah definitely if i take advantage of it because if it's get, it's just handed there to me like of course i'm going to want to like use that and use it as much as i can because there's going to be kids that i go to college with who like will have come from poorer districts and they will have not like had that familiarity with something me being able to like use a program might get me a job over somebody else if like we're pretty equal applicants so like that kind of thing i think is going to be very good talk to me about the dependency i'm sure you understand the dependency on technology that has come up within your generation. Yeah, it's scary. Medical technology, that's incredible. Like, that's awesome. But like, everybody has a smartphone in their pocket. We're going to find out in like 30 years. Oh, everybody has cancer on their bones in their legs because they kept their smartphone in their pocket. Or like, girls who don't have pockets in clothes, which pisses me off to no end. They will have it in like their like stomach because they just always tuck it in like the waistband in their shorts. We're going to find out that like Apple watches give you cancer, but everybody got an Apple watch for their Christmas this year. It's going to be bad. Like when we figure out, because there's no way that something like that helpful can just like not have any repercussions and also like what's gonna happen if the grid shuts off how do we communicate with people we don't have a way like nobody has landlines we don't write letters like my grandma and i like sometimes write letters but most of my just call her it's just easier we are screwed if something like that happens and like there's not going to be a way to like communicate with people and it's scary it's nice that we get to know everything that's going on in the world but my parents like have told me before like i found out about like the boston marathon bombing after like track practice or something i was like on my ipod you know because my parents wouldn't buy me a smartphone so i was just like looking and i like couldn't figure out i was like i texted my mom I was like why are people like posting like hashtag pray for boston and like my parents like wanted to be able to tell me that instead of me finding out on my own and like me being like confused and not being able to like ask questions about it and like that's something that i'm glad my parents have raised me like ask the question like i'd rather like you ask me than like go be uninformed about something and so like that's nice but like other kids don't have that so like they are no longer like going to be able to learn from their parents because they just google everything like what if our grid just like shuts off we're done for and that's terrifying yeah that is an interesting consequence where millennials and anybody before us like we do remember a time where you had to memorize phone numbers or you had to know how to navigate an atlas you guys are going to be in trouble if that does go down because you don't have experience using a physical map and i mean unless you're like a kid that does that stuff you're exactly right that will be a problem yeah like my dad he's like they don't teach you anything in school these days and i'm like dad just because i don't know how to like change the brakes on your car doesn't mean like i'm not learning anything i'm just not learning what you learned in school because he took shop class and he's probably saved us like thousands of dollars by being able to work on cars that's not something that like i've been taught i've been taught more of like i don't want to say like 
fine-tuned like higher up things but I have been like there's not a shop class offered like a wood shop class offered anymore I know that like we aren't very like we don't have a lot of hands-on skills but we have like a lot of this technology stuff and that's really just gonna like it's not gonna be good for us because like my parents have taught us like how to use a map my dad like made me use a map to like get to Columbia one time while he was driving like he knew where he was going but I didn't so like those kinds of things I know my parents have instilled in us like my dad's be like come out here like watch me change his oils like you sit there and like hold the flashlight while you're shivering but like I know like what should be done and what shouldn't my dad's like talk to me about my cars like I know what's going on with my car it's like when I take it to a mechanic and some sleazy guy's like oh that little girl has no idea what's going on with the car like I do know what's going on and like I will tell you like no like all I want is my oil change they're like well we change your air filter and like it's gonna cost this much like I didn't ask you to do that like I'm not gonna pay for it I feel like my parents have done a good job of but there's a lot of parents who haven't because they weren't taught those things either definitely yeah the bulk of gen z is not going to be able to do any of those things talk to me about addiction as far as to technology do you feel among your peers there are a lot of people that can't put their phone down I do like in my friend group I know that there we do like talk to each other instead of just like texting each other because we're like our heads start to hurt if we just like stare at a screen for so long but I know that there are people who like will throw like legitimate fits if their mom takes her phone for an hour I'm glad that I'm not but I do know that there are people like recently like I turned off like my Instagram notifications so like I don't get notifications on Instagram and like I get like the weekly like time reports on my phone be like you spent like this much time on your phone like on average per day and I know that that's like more because it was Christmas break and these things but my time on my phone has gone down because I turned that off. Oh, like this person posted a new picture. So like I would go click on it, look at the picture and then like, oh, like this person's tagged, like go and soon I would be like seven people deep into Instagram. And like, that's not healthy. I don't have like a lot of issues with like my self image, but I know that there are some people that it's so detrimental just to sit there and look at all these people who have their life together and it's not good at all. It scares me because I don't want my kids to have that. I know like some of my friends do and I don't want my kids to have that. Like, I don't want my, my, like, my brother, my cousins, like, that scared me, and my mom one time, like, watched me go in between Twitter and Instagram, like, probably three times, and she looked at me, and she said, that was disappointing, like, I hope you don't become one of these, like, monotonous people, and, like, just got up and walked away, and, like, that has stuck in me, like, I don't want to become that girl who's, like, always on her phone, like, wait, take this picture of me, and then post it, and, like, that's all she cares about, like, that's scary that there are people out there like that. Don't want to shame Gen Z like people shame millennials, but I mean, that's a huge thing I see as a teacher working with Gen Z every day. Like that's what some of you guys are reduced to. That is it. And here's the bad of technology. You kind of hit on this, this idea of the decreased amount of face-to-face interaction courtesy of technology has led, and this has been studied and shown, increased levels of loneliness, anxiety, and fragility among your generation. You guys can't hang as well because so much of what you do is behind the screen. It's all there is to your interactions. Even making like a phone call, like to order a pizza, order Chinese. Whenever I was in Girl Scouts as like a little first grader, my mom would like would make me like call the people. Like she's like, okay, like if you want to sell to Aunt Liz, like call her. I like went through City Hall. Like my dad would like go with me, just like I wasn't alone. But like I would go up and ask, hey, like would you like to buy any Girl Scout cookies? Like this is my troop and everything. Like I have my little spiel. I think that like my parents making me do those things, making me talk on the phone. Like I've scheduled like my orthodontist appointments. Like I like have driven to Columbia by myself for them they've given me like a leg up like last night like a couple of my friends and I like went to like the a basketball game it was super packed it was like the championship game for the tournament and we couldn't like find a seat but like none of them would were willing to like walk in first they were like Abby you have to go you have to go like you have to walk walk in first I'm like I don't care like just go or like people are like hey like will you like go to the bathroom with me just 
go. Like, you can go by yourself. Like, I promise you'll be okay. I'm really torn in between, like, yeah, like, I want to, like, protect my friends, but also, like, I want them to be able to, like, do things for themselves. Because, like, when, like, you're in college, like, when you've moved out, like, you can't call your mom and say, like, hey, like, will you, like, make my dentist appointment? Like, you can't do that. Like, you need to grow up, be an adult, and do that yourself because it's for you. Like, your mom doesn't benefit from that. What you're describing is titled learned helplessness. They get away with this being scared or being fragile behavior. And I think that's why you're seeing as your generation enters college, it's not going well. The amount of students I have that are back in town right now is kind of frightening. You know, like people can't hang and technology is doing that. Parents are doing that. Your generation, I think, has the potential to be something fantastic because of the education and because of all these opportunities you guys have. But at the same time, if these other skills aren't implemented in you guys, like it will be rough. Over Christmas break, like my mom and my aunt and my cousin, like our family, like we went to Las Vegas and my cousin is like literally the most picky eater and it takes me off first of all because like we went to this nice restaurant and she got pizza we are at a nice restaurant like you can like try anything like she got three slices of pepperoni pizza like you can get that anywhere like i was like trying crab trying sushi like all these things i was like i'm not gonna do this again but like she couldn't order for herself like another time like we went somewhere and she got like a side of bacon as her meal and then later like i heard her say like mom like can can i like go get some pizza like while we were just like out shopping because she that's all she eats but she can't order it for herself and then like the ordering online like the amazon and like the like Domino's online thing like that's just making it worse like we have no like interaction we have nothing to learn from you hit on something there when you were talking about food specifically and all the options available and i think that's pretty much sums up your guys's experience in the world is you have options on almost everything kind of transitions to the next topic here of just the idea of music when i was growing up i still lived in the cd or the tape age you know like if i wanted to hear music i had to go buy the cassette tape and there were 11 songs on there that sucked and then the one i wanted you know (laughs) and like your parents can echo that my parents can echo that with like records and eight tracks and all these things and you guys come along and then as you've grown up you have streaming you have endless music you have endless movies endless entertainment how do you feel about that you probably don't quite understand a time before that but like growing up within this i can watch whatever i want at any time what do you think that has done for you and like your generation it's nice because like i have apple music which i know everybody is like spotify is so much better like apple music is just because it's aesthetically pleasing i'm like yeah it is but i love it so i'm gonna keep using it like i get unlimited downloads and like unlimited added things to my library for like ten dollars a month the streaming like i can go on like we don't have television at my house anymore because we live out of city limits like we can't get cable and so we just have like netflix hulu and amazon prime and it works for our family because like we don't watch like actual like real-time tv and hulu is like the next day so it's it's nice but like my mom calls us like the microwave generation because why cook it in an oven when you can just like cook it faster in a microwave like it's like we just need everything like so quickly and she like gave this example to me is like people in your generation like because they have like $45 this month and they'll get $45 next month but like they need a tv stand they like want a tv stand now they'll buy the $45 one from walmart instead of saving up their $45 from this month and then next month and get the like nice one from kelly's furniture just for like the tv stand to break and then have to get another one in three months we want everything so immediately because it's always just been like right there for us like so quickly we can just like get everything we want like amazon two-day shipping for prime like that's incredible i love it but it's bad for us like it's not helping us in any way like there's no patience kids in my mentoring class like want me to do something i'm like hold on just a second like i'm helping another kid they're like no miss abby like i need help now i'm like no like you need to like learn to wait but they're not gonna have to wait when they're older that's an interesting insight yeah with all of this availability it's almost made you guys 
guys crave and demand instant gratification. If you can't have it immediately, then that's just not going to fly. Like, I'm almost envious. As a kid, like, I would have to spend $15 on a CD where I may have wanted one song off of it, you know. And now, uh, not to talk about Spotify, but, like, you can get a month of that for 99 cents. And I just think of how cool that would have been as a 13-year-old. But you're right. That may have made me a monster. Like, I will save up money and go buy the thing I want. Like, I don't have to have it right now. And your generation may not know what that is. I know, like, my parents didn't do this, but I know people who, like, every time they got money for, like, their birthday or, like, they earned money as a kid, like, they would like their parents would take half the money and put it in a savings account. Like I know kids who have like thousands of dollars put away for them when they turn 18, but that's just like been their way of life. They just know that like just put away half for later. Like you don't know. And whenever like I opened a bank account, my mom like put like a thousand dollars in there and she said, this is oh shit money. You don't like need to use it just because it's there. Don't spend it. And she knows that like I've been raised like she's so like she loves telling people like Abby's such a good shopper. Like she won't buy anything. It's not on sale. Like all these things, but she'll always convince me to buy something. Yeah. Cause like, why would I spend my money when you can spend your money instead? not being able to like save your money and then like just spending everything like it scares me because people who like own apartments are going to be able to like take advantage of that because they can just have an apartment ready but they can have it for like a more expensive price instead of somebody waiting like two weeks like sleeping on like a friend's like couch like moving back in with their parents for two weeks to get like a much nicer better deal for an apartment or something like that like we're going to be taken advantage of because we want the instant the instantaneous things all right let's talk about politics real quick This interests me greatly. 72% of Gen Z is not a fan of Trump, but when they measure this over and over again, they find that you guys are generally more conservative. Do you see that among your cohort, like anti-Trump, but more conservative overall? I'm not super into politics, but that's also just because like right now, like whoever's president like doesn't really just directly affect my life. Like I see like it on now this and like the dodo and all these things my like personal views i like feel like we need to like as a country like help the most people we can because like we're supposed to be like america like the melting pot like mine said like on one of the other podcasts if you're gonna build your wall make bigger gates and like first of all building this wall is going to ruin nature and that just makes me want to throw a shoe at trump he's like oh like give me like a billion dollar like five billion dollars like there's so many things you could do with five billion dollars that would be so much better for it and it's just like that's frustrating for me but like i also feel like there's a lot of kids who are like yeah go trump and like revs their trucks in the parking lot or whatever and like that's annoying just because it's obnoxious i'm not sure like if i see like a lot more people being conservative i feel like a lot more people just don't know because like i see myself like kind of just in the middle like i don't think that like people should like have their guns taken away but like i also don't think that we should become a white only society like those kinds of things i'm just like smack in the middle and that's fair and again i'm having abby ranson take on the task of defending her entire generation which i understand is not fair and not a good representative But yeah, I I think you hit on a lot of good things there. I think it's more than just Gen Z that's anti-Trump. I think if you pulled the majority of America, it's to the point where that's just a, a microcosm of a general hate for Trump. But towards the idea of you guys being more conservative than millennials, I think that's a cyclical thing as well. I think if you have very liberal parents, that could be passed on, but I think you see a little pullback there as well. Kind of like we talked about with economic habits and all of these things, you know, it, it kind of goes back and forth. They're just like strict parents may yield a crazy kid and a crazy parent may yield strict kids, that type of thing. I think there's going to be a pullback there as the millennials are pretty out there and wacky their children may be a little more reserved or you get into the economics. And when people say conservative, they may strictly be talking about economics. You guys may be more savers or more realistic of like, shoot, debt is bad. I can't afford college. And that puts you in this conservative section of ideals. So I don't know how to explain that necessarily. And I don't know if you can either, but it's interesting hearing your perspectives on this and what you see among your peer group. 
Any final thoughts on your generation or where Gen Z is headed? I think Gen Z is going to like take better care of things overall as like the earth and like the country because we're like so much more aware of like the things that are bad for us. Like my dad, like my whole family like makes fun of me for like not using plastic straws, but like that's like a small thing. It doesn't affect my life. And like someone to be like, hey, like, do you need this straw? I'm like, no, like I don't use straws. And they're like, oh, okay. Like that's fine for my peers. But like my brother makes fun of me. He's like, you think that like, you not using straws, like you're not like affect anything. Like he's like, you still use plastic bags. I'm like I know, but like I've tried to like limit that stuff. Like I like limit my use of like waste. Like I feel like I don't like drive through all the time, like get plastic cups. Like I don't go to Starbucks all the time, which Starbucks is gross anyway. Those kinds of things, like I think we'll take better care of the earth just because like we're so much more aware of these things because we do have like the, the technology that's constantly like in our face. Like this is happening right now. Like you need to be aware of this, but I don't think that we're going to be financially well off. And I don't think like the kids that like my generation as a whole is going to raise, like I don't think they're going to be like ready for the world, for a world that will be successful. All interesting things. I appreciate you sharing your experiences as a Gen Z or with us. Maybe we can reconvene in about 50 years and see if our predictions on your generation are correct. Granted, us millennials are still alive. At this point of the show, my friend, we do our song pick of the week. Are you prepared for this? Yeah, but you do yours first. All right. My song pick of the week for episode 50 is entitled Your Dog by a band called Soccer Mommy, which that may be one of my weirder suggestions, but check it out. It's pretty cool. My song pick of the week will be Come Through with No Space, All Lowercase by Jeremy Zucker. I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I've been, it's a bop. My mom told me I had to say that. It's a bop. It probably is a bop and yeah, that is tradition. All right, Abby, thank you so much for joining Two Millennials One Podcast. I had a great time speaking with you. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Oh yeah, this was fun. Wonderful. Thank you for checking us out, folks, for another episode. Please check us out again next week. Share us with your friends and have a fantastic week. Bye. Peace out. Peace out.